Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am your host, Tammy West, and today I have a very strongly worded message for perfectionism. You big jerk. And here's the message. Get out of my life. Get out of their lives. You who are listening today, get out. I'm tired of it. I didn't realize it was rearing its ugly head again, but you've heard me mention that it's Mental Health Awareness Day or World Mental Health Awareness Day, if I said that this month of October. So all of my messages have been very strongly geared towards mental health, mental wellness, mental illness. And I've mentioned that I've been speaking, I don't even know, I probably have 15 or 20 events just this month, which I am so grateful for, but it puts a lot of pressure on me. I put a lot of pressure on myself because I want to do the best job that I possibly can because it's mental health. I mean, we're not just talking about where to go get a burger. We're talking about our mind and our emotions and blah. And I realized that part of what I'm struggling with is perfectionism. So I haven't read a lot out of my book, Life Without the Monsters, up until this month. You know, I wrote it in 2006. I don't sell it anymore because I want to rewrite the chapter on stress. But it's my journey of the mental hospital before, during, beyond, all of that. So I, I have been reading out of it during my events lately. And so I wanted to read this part to you. Um, so I say in here, before describing the events surrounding the hospitalization, it might be helpful for you to know something about my approach to life. You might recognize one particular behavior in yourself, perfectionism. After graduating high school, high school, I decided to attend a local community college while working with a dermatologist. After graduating with a perfect 4.0, my boyfriend and I decided to marry. In college, I was the type that would take more than the maximum load at school and always get A's, essentially little miss, perfect. I had several college majors such as pre-med, elementary ed, nursing, and finally biology. While finding fault with every potential occupation, I still worked very hard. For example, before entering nursing school one fall, I had to take prep classes. The college wouldn't let me take the five required classes during the eight-week summer session, so what did I do? Take the classes at three different colleges at the same time and still made all A's perfect. Fast forward. So my husband at the time got out of the military. We, we had moved, um, bought a house. I became pregnant with our third and last Michael. Well, what did I do? I decided to return to school to get a master's degree in education. I wanted to teach. Not only was I getting ready to student teach full-time for nine weeks, kept my part-time job, I was pregnant. On top of that, I had to care for my two small children and was taking the final required class. Remember though, this was how I operated. I could do it. I was strong. Now, way fast forward and lots of things fed into it, but that perfectionism is ultimately what landed me in the mental hospital because doing all that affected my self-esteem. It affected my sleep. It affected my self-care. I didn't do well with the student teachers that I was working with because I was afraid. I was afraid to ask questions. I was afraid to talk. I was afraid to show them my lesson plans because they wouldn't be perfect. Anytime I pause and go, then you just say the word with me because I wouldn't be perfect. So I got negative feedback that I had no initiative, that I didn't seem to belong there, blah, 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 blah. That was like the opposite of perfect, right? That was like failure to me. 
And that's what landed me in the mental hospital. So all of these events that have been happening for the last few weeks have been so great. And I've been so honored and blessed. And I've had people ask me to come back, but there's still this part of me that criticizes myself um, for maybe the one or two things that I could have done better. I found this article and it was, um, I'll put a link in the show notes, um, what I did I actually it was Brown University, I think, because I was looking, I was like, what is the latest thing about perfectionism? What are some things that I haven't thought about? Because I think we've done one about perfectionism before, but if so, it's probably been a couple of years. So I'm looking and I'm reading, I'm listening to podcasts, and I found this article geared toward college students, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, when I say geared toward, like it might talk about turning in assignments <clears throat> or something like that. So I'm I'm actually going to go through it. I'll probably copy and paste this and put it in the show notes, also with a link to the article, giving them full credit. But this has helped me. And so before I'll say this now, and then we'll go through the steps, and then I'll say it again. This is a process. This is a journey. Those of us who struggle sometimes with our mental wellness, we want it like we want it to be done. Right. Because in my opinion, there is no worse pain than mental and emotional pain. I've had three children, three birth, you know, biological children, two out of epidurals, one of them natural, not on purpose. It just worked out that way. It was the most intense pain I've ever experienced in my life. Now, it was it was great. and It was over with and I healed much more quickly, blah, blah. But the reason I tell you that is I would rather have a child birth a child with no epidural. I'm going to go ahead and say every day, maybe that's not true, but this is the way I feel every day than to suffer with mental and emotional turmoil. And I feel that way about my children too. So this is a journey. This is something we have to, we have to retrain our brains. We have to make new pathways. I think I've made new pathways. I've never gone back to the mental hospital, but I still want to ditch this perfectionism because it keeps coming up. So let's ditch it together. And I'm going to just, I'm going to read some things and then just chat with you about some others. Um, so, but I am going to stay to our, you know, I'm a time Nazi. Is that a perfectionism thing? I don't know. And I have to tell you, I may put this video. It was so funny because I'm, I turn on the camera and, you know, I'm recording. I can see myself. And so I'm like, I'm doing all these things like, which way, what is wrong with? And I'm like, I'm talking about perfectionism and I'm trying to like strike the perfect pose for the thumbnail. Blah. So anyway, I'm going to ask you some questions and just think about these. I mean, I'll pause quickly for you to think, but these are some questions, sort of a, you might be a perfectionist if. Do you feel like what you accomplish is never quite good enough? Do you often put off turning in papers or projects or doing things, projects, waiting to get them just right? Do you feel you must give more than 100% on everything you do or else you will be meeting it mediocre or even a failure. Think about that, right? Not only is it not a good thing, it actually can hinder our success and cause us to make more mistakes, which is exactly what happened when I was in grad school. So causes of perfectionism can be so many things. It can be some, it could be that you learned early in life that your only value is external. And I think I learned that because 
you know, we grew up like in poverty and we were the outcasts. My sister and I were overweight and bullied. So all of my value of people telling me who I was came from the outside and it wasn't good. So then I was seeking validation from the outside. So it can be a lot of different things. It can be to protect yourself. Um, but they list a, a number of different negative feelings, thoughts, and beliefs that might come about if you're dealing with perfectionism. So these are some fears and things. Fear of failure. Okay, so perfectionists equate failure with achieving an unrealistic goal, which never happens. Fear of making mistakes. And so sometimes we, it was, it's so tempting for me to say, I'm not going to take this speaking gig because I think it's too big for me. So sometimes perfectionists orient their lives that way. Fear of disapproval, that if someone sees a flaw in me, they won't love me anymore. All or none thinking. This is this is the whole, you know, I, I told you I made all A's, not to brag, but because there is no in-between. It's either an A or it's nothing else. An A is success. Anything else is failure. Um, overemphasis on shoulds. So we all use the word should, but for a pre perfectionist, the should controls their lives. And the last one that it talks about here is believing that others are easily successful. And that's probably similar to the, to the imposter syndrome that I've mentioned a few times. I look at someone else who's doing what I do and they seem to do it effortless, effortless, effortless. You see what I'm saying? Okay. I can't even say it with, with, with low effort, um, no mistakes, not, not any emotional turmoil, self-confident. And so we jump into this comparison trap. Does it sound like you, any of those things? It probably does. So look in your mind, visualizing a circle. And let's fill in this cycle of perfectionism. And what I'm going to do, and I want you to do, is to recognize it as it's happening and even play it out in your head. So there's a few things in this cycle. The first thing is we set unachievable goals. Unachievable goals. Meaning for me, if I was speaking that everything went off perfectly, I didn't forget to say anything. I made all of the right jokes and all of the right unre unreachable goals. That's the first thing. The second thing is we fail. They fail to meet the goals because they were impossible to begin with. Okay. So we're starting, we're moving the arrow around. If we set unachievable goals, we are going to fail. And typically we do. Third, the constant pressure to achieve perfection and the inevitable chronic failure reduces productivity and effectiveness. Okay. So we set an unachievable goal. We didn't reach it. And now we're not as effective as we were before because our behaviors changed. Fourth, now it is leading to self-criticism, self-blaming, which lowers the self-esteem even more. You might have anxiety, you might have depression, you may not sleep. And so we don't even know what to do with our goals then. And then the last thing is the thinking starts the cycle all over again, because what you think is the end of the cycle is okay. Then I'll, I'll, I'll set higher goals. I'll try harder. And it sets you right back into that cycle. Um, one of the examples it gives, so think about your relationships. I really like this. I told you a lot of this was, I was just going to read because I just thought it was so good. So look at this cycle with interpersonal relationships. Perfectionists tend to anticipate or fear disapproval and rejection. Well, given that, they become defensive to criticism. They don't like to be told that they're not perfect. And then the other person is like, 
I don't, if, if they're not a perfectionism, which let me interject this people who are perfectionists don't understand that not everybody is a perfectionist. So people who are not, who can take some criticism, or if you want to call it whatever, constructive criticism, wh- whatever your word is, feedback, they they don't understand how you couldn't take that because it's not personal, right? Without realizing it. So the next thing a perfectionist does is then they set unrealistically high standards to everybody else. And so in their mind or even in their words, they become critical and demanding because you should act this way. Furthermore, perfectionists don't let other people see their mistakes because they're like, if you do, then what will you think of me? But in reality, when people can see our mistakes, we become we become more relatable, um, more likable, more human-like. That is one thing I think that I've done fairly well is recognize some of my limitations. For example, I am not good at booking travel. And so I don't even pretend. Technology sometimes gets me. I've mentioned that. I mean, I love technology, but when I'm recording or doing a virtual session, there's sometimes when it messes up. And so I can say that ahead of time. So how do we move past this? Um, What Browns calls it is health. They call it healthy strivers and commit this to memory. Okay. Healthy strivers take pleasure in the process of pursuing a task rather than focusing only on the end result. So perfectionists will focus only on the end result, the part getting there, then they don't even find enjoyable because they're so busy looking at this unattainable goal. And then if they didn't reach the goal, then the whole thing becomes for naught. So do you hear yourself in there or someone, you know, so what do we do? Well, there is a list here. I'm going to read them to you. Not the whole thing. Cause I want you to go read the article. So here's some things you can do. Set realistic and reachable goals based on your own wants and needs not based on perfectionism. The second one, then set subsequent goals in a sequential manner. So you can change your goal, move your goal up. Number three, experiment with your standards for success. I love this because you can put it in your mind. Choose any activity. And instead of saying, I'm going to give 120%, I'm going to try for 90%, 80%, 60% success. You have to define what the goal was. Okay, so if my goal is to make absolutely no technology errors, um, let's say that no technology errors. Well, maybe I can say, maybe if I can get by with two, you know, I don't know, whatever the goal is, set something like that. Focus, next one, focus on the process of doing an activity, not just on the end result, which is kind of what we said with um, healthy, what do we call it? Healthy strivers is that you can actually enjoy the activity, not just the end result. The next one, use feelings of anxiety and depression as opportunities to ask yourself, here's the question. Have I set up impossible expectations for myself? Probably have. Next, confront the fears that may be behind your perfectionism and ask yourself, what am I afraid of? What is the worst thing that can happen? And I'm going to say, write that down. Next, recognize that many positive things can only be learned by making mistakes. Ugh, you heard that before. We learn from mistakes. Mistakes are just how we grow. You know, I'm being snarky, even though that's really true. I mean, how can you start anything new or move into another level without making a mistake? So if you're not making mistakes, then you're probably not doing 
anything that's stretching you. <sighs> How about what can I learn from this experience, which is related? Um, more specifically, list make a list of things. And finally, and this is a big one for me, avoid all or none thinking into re- in relation to your goals. So that's what we talked about before, that it is not just I have to to get an A or nothing else. Nothing else is okay. That's it. It's all or none. I either get the A or I fall apart. Now, this is all about nibbling it away, you know, nibbling at it one step at a time. I hope that helped you. It helped me a lot. You know, I know that I'm going to look back on this month of being stretched, stretched, so many different clients, so many. I mean, I've never done so many virtual things in my whole life. I'm trying to make all that work with lighting and sound and technology plus content and not seeing faces on the screen. You know, my husband, I know bless his heart. He's just trying to support me, but he'll, I'll come in from an event and he'll say, did they love you? Well, I don't know if they loved me. I could not see them. And some of them don't even have chat boxes or anything. I get zero feedback, but regardless, I, you know, judging myself by, did they love me is a very high standard to meet. So I need to judge myself by, did I do my best? Okay. Did I spend time getting ready? Did I remember that I am there for them and not me? Did I keep in mind the whole time that I'm talking? What do they need? What do they need? Because I'm serving when I do this. And in your world, and whether you're a parent, (coughs) excuse me, no matter what your job is, there's got to be something in there where you're of service. I believe that for all jobs all careers, um, all identities that we are serving people while also taking care of ourselves. So that's it for today. Perfectionism, you big jerk. Get out of my life. Get out of this wonderful person's life who is listening or watching right now today. Start packing because we are sending you out. Thank you so much for joining today. As always, I appreciate downloads, ratings, um, comments on the show notes and the show notes are always at TanyaWest.com. So go there, Facebook, email. I mean, I try to stay in touch with you in a number of ways. So send me your stories, send me your successes, send me your challenge, bring other people to our show. Um, join the women's Facebook group that's in the show notes too, if you haven't so far. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.